In August 2015, Gary Newman and Dana Walden, co-chairs and CEOs at Fox, met with journalists to discuss the upcoming Prison Break reboot. When questioned about the reasoning behind rebooting this particular show, Walden remarked that people are still interested in these characters. And she was right. Prison Break remains one of the most successful library shows on Netflix. What is it about these properties that make them so ripe for being remade? A cynic might argue that it's the result of a tired system relying on fond nostalgia to gather as much cash as possible from a sinking ship. But what if it were something more? What if there was some intangible quality that couldn't be quantified? This show is about the search for that essence. This is Still Interested for Curio. Welcome to Still Interested. It's a TV and film reboot remake podcast for the Curio Network. I suppose you might call this a reboot of the show, Still Interested, <laughs> given how fucking long it has been yeah. since we recorded a regular episode Back of this scheduled podcast. programming. Yeah, yeah I, I am as I am as always your um, bit character from the original series brought back in a lead role in the remake, Ben McAllister. I am the studio lot that has gone fallow, Jackson <laughs> yeah, Lucid. Wonderful. Dude, here we are. Speaking yeah. of studio lots that have gone fallow, how about Paramount Pictures, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm glad you're cutting straight to the real issues, Ben, because I wanted to get right into this. Um... We yeah. are, of course, talking about doing one Raiders of the Lost Ark, a Steven Spielberg directed. I mean, uh, absolute tour de force. Yeah, tour de force uh, <laughs> from a story by uh, George Lucas, um, nineteen eighty one. The two um, boys back together again. Yeah, just living yeah, and loving yeah. it. Now, the first Indiana Jones movie in linear human time, but not in the chronology yes. of the series. It's important to note they did a little prequel in the middle there. Uh, some would say the worst Indiana Jones movie. Some would and... say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I worry about what it's like <laughs> suffering a rewatch today. Um, I yeah. Look, we're not doing Temple of Doom. Don't no, worry about don't it. Don't worry about that. We should probably just quickly address before we before we jump into it real quick. There might be quite a few people who this is the first episode of the show you've ever listened to. We've had a little bit of a, a numbers bump in the last little while. So uh, if that's carried over and that's you, welcome to the show. We basically sort of recap these movies and then we compare them to their sh- often shitty reboots or remakes yeah. down the track. We sort of uh, like spoken a lot about that. Like, where is the best place to pick up and listen? And it's been really hard to sort of find like the right episode. But it might yeah. be this one, because given the amount of time we've had off, this yep. is kind of like the first episode all over again. Yeah, so, it's basically um, like episode one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, so, so strap in, as Jackson and I just explore this art form and, and, and really figure out what it means to make this podcast. Really yeah. get, get back to basics and just explore, just play, <laughs> play in the space a little bit. Yeah. We're not on our uh, trademark time fooling. No. We're on a very different kind of fooling with this uh, episode. I believe you might call it the fifth dimension space fooling. Yes, we're space fooling. We're, we're geography fooling, you know? <laughs> Usually we're time fooling, this time we're space fooling. And what we mean by that is, for reasons that are, like, just too uninteresting to go into, I am currently in Sydney, actually in Jackson's bedroom, looking around at all of his objects and things, and Jackson is in Perth, which is my hometown. Like, we are still on opposite <laughs> sides of the country, still recording remotely, but in each other's place of yeah, living. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's actually, it, it's pretty, like, it's remarkably close to, like, the exact same setup we'd normally do, 
Just the yeah. two of us have swapped places. All right, let's thump this melon. Let's do it. Let's dissect this frog. Paramount Pictures. They're no longer an independent studio. Good. Nope. Good for them. They no, definitely no. did get subsumed. Uh, I gotta say, just... I love this first transition we see, yeah, which is huge. the transition from the Paramount logo uh, to a, an in media res real shot of a mountain in the distance, which I fucking loved. Yeah, I mean, it was great. Mountain to mountain, absolutely fantastic. And straight away, we're trekking through a jungle. There's some jungle tunes going on. There's, like, Indiana Jones, who we later learn is Indiana Jones, I should say, walking around with a bunch of boys who don't get names and apparently don't matter. Yeah. We're just seeing, like, like, the back of a very cool-looking guy. And this sets up, like, the first five minutes of the film, which is like... Who's that cool guy? Why won't you show me his face? Which, yeah. I, I gotta be honest, for the first film in a franchise, pretty bold. Yeah, I mean, it is a bold st- strategy. I mean, they, they tried to sort of use it in James Bond, like, as we've discussed, when they when they replaced fucking Sean Connery. Yes. And they were like, who is the Bond? You can't see. We won't show you his face. But, like, we don't, yeah, like, we don't know who Indiana Jones is. And, like, everyone's wearing these kind of, like, tan clothes and, like, brown leather hats, right? So, like, a lot of these shots are, like, people walking through the jungle. Like, it's not clear who's who, because they're only showing yeah. the backs. And they're like, oh, this guy looks kind of cool. Wait, is that him in this shot? No? Okay, it's, uh, is that him? <laughs> another cool Oh, no, guy. He's, he's over there. Yeah. Anyway, eventually, uh, they're hacking through the jungles. One of these miscellaneous nameless boys hacks away some vines and sees a big scary statue of a face, and he does run away. <laughs> he, he's he, so he fucking, fucking scared. Loses it. Yeah. It's it's obscene that like like surely there was some prep going on this expedition, right? Because oh, dude, like surely sees... this isn't his first time looking yeah. at a statue. <laughs> It is also worth noting here two things. Uh, Number one, you better believe John Williams is here in the room and just fucking going hard at it with the music. (laughs) Um, Also, I just had to wonder here, because it's it's around this point in the film that um, it pops up that Lawrence Kasdan, the star boy, uh, also wrote the screenplay for this film um, off a story by George Lucas and someone else whose name escapes me. So does that mean, considering it wasn't a book, that like literally George Lucas and someone else just like sat down and were just like completely spitballing? Like I can. What if like, there was a, a man? Two, yeah. Now I'm thinking of a man. I'm thinking of a man. Now number one, importantly, everyone wants to fuck him. Very important. Yeah. Oh, number yeah, two, yeah. And he has everybody a loves him. Yeah, everyone loves him. Um, uh, we got Nazis. Nazis bad, and just like I think the two of them were spitballing there as Lawrence was just writing down. It's just like, yeah, this is great stuff, boys. Keep it coming. <laughs> Keep it all coming. <laughs> now, two remaining crew members there. Um, yep. One of whom is like, now's the perfect time before we've gotten into the tomb to betray yep. the leader of the expedition. He pulls a gun. Uh, Indiana Jones notices this and then oh, yeah. whips whips around with a whip conveniently. Uh, takes out <laughs> takes out the gun and that <laughs> dude just runs away. We we've now seen it, it yep. is Harrison Ford. It's his beautiful face and the film can continue. And someone else definitely decides that this is the time for them to taste a bunch of poison. They like fix some like arrows out of the ground that are just there and like he licks them and he's like, hmm, let me taste that poison real quick. Oh, it's fresh. We're being followed. Yes. Uh, Indy is walking into the temple. Indiana Jones, that is. He picks up some sand and puts it in a bag for, like, if you haven't seen this before, reasons that are completely inscrutable. Yeah. And we're in like, a uh, very much a gross cave full of web. Very yeah. Immediate. Creepy crawlies, though. Creepy crawlies as a spook factor. Highly remakeable. Yeah, for this franchise, for sure. The only sounds that have been <laughs> on screen so far are John Williams scores. Like, various people trekking through the jungle doing, like, things 
that are just like really silly, like eating poison or being scared by a statue or like trying to shoot Indiana Jones. And now the next thing that happens is a big loud noise as Indiana Jones fucking springs a trap that the spikes slide out of the wall. And I do have to say, let me know what you think about this hot take. Traps, the ultimate prank. That's true. I mean, like, I mean, Home Alone, uh, another franchise will no doubt dip into on television at some wow. point. Wow, yeah, um, dude, that's huge. Home yeah. Alone, yeah, dude. Oh. But like, as that film, uh, notably um, uh, inspired by Indiana Jones, um, like, yeah, <laughs> traps, traps are the biggest pranks for sure. Um, uh, and if there's one rule we have on the show, it's that pranks are always a point of remakeability. So hopefully. Remakeable. Hopefully I just want to trap pranks. I just want to quickly like touch on this Please. though. Like it is a light based trap, which is like as like the mechanic is like if something steps into the light and cuts off the beam of light, it springs off this mechanical trap. Whoa! Yeah, wow. Is that how does does that how does that <laughs> like yeah. what is this like fucking space age trap where like if you disrupt like mechanics. the particles of light, it's just yeah. kind of like yeah, here we go, you fucked up. Like it's wild. I mean, dude. It's got to be optomechanics. This, you know, you know, there's that whole thing about like the wisdom of the ancients and like ancient right. aliens. And ancient, yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, yeah, I reckon like this ancient civilization had figured out some like quantum physics shit, and yeah. they figured out how to make these kinds of yeah photon beam traps. I believe they're called. If you read the novelization, there's a whole chapter about the photon beam traps. And, actually, uh, is it? Are you, are you bullshitting me, or is it actually? Yeah, I, 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 I am bullshitting you because I was kind of. <laughs> I can I can imagine like a novelization of this where it's like ah a photon beam trap, and it's like all yeah. right, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, one and thing I will Luke say: Skywalker this, comes down. Yeah, yeah. Um, these people that have uh, obviously in advanced advanced technology have also gotten real good with making spooky spooky faces out of gold. Because as we oh, roll yeah. through this tomb, we get to the central uh, treasure, the point of the quest, which is this, like, it's almost like a shrunken head, but, like, an, as an idol made out of what looks to be solid gold. And then the um, the companion that uh, Indiana Jones has here is like, oh, sweet, nothing to fear here, let's go. Um, Just some solid gold. Yeah, yeah. Luckily, yeah. Uh, Indy stops and notices some pressure plates uh, in the ground, yes. which, if compressed... Uh, leads to arrows shooting out of more statues uh, along the walls. And to be fair, despite him noticing that, they still nearly die because of the arrows. Like, the arrows, like, hit the staff that he's holding, like, centimetres away from killing Indiana Jones and his friend. Which leads me to introduce a new game or mechanic for these Indiana Jones movies, which is the Indiana Jones Should Have Died counter, (laughs) which is going to be at plus one right now. Yeah, so we'll just we'll just keep track of that. Uh, they get into the room with like the thing that I guess they came here looking for. Like we haven't been told why he's here, but like it becomes apparent now. There's this big golden idol. It basically just looks yes. like a little like oval of gold sitting on a fucking pedestal. Then he walks over to it and does this like this is a very iconic scene. It's parodied a lot. If you haven't seen it, you've seen something like it where he's got like the bag of sand in one hand and he like takes some of the sand out and like tries to like match the weights and then yeah. he like no, and and like also just real quickly though like uh, so, so, so yeah we'll, we'll, like explain it sort of thing. The idea is that like he's matching the weight so he can take the idol without altering the weight at all so like there's no trap that springs and he's using this bag of sand which notably looks to be smaller than the idol which he then reaches into and then removes some sand yeah like surely it's just it like does nowhere the question near... whether sand is denser than gold yeah. doesn't it <laughs> i mean it, it, it really <laughs> no does one, i think no one's actually sure about that 
Yeah, well, it's, it's one of the, that's one of the things that people haven't figured out yet by this point. It's one of the great mysteries. I mean, I mean, this film is like what probably what's set like 1938, 39? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely set in the 30s, the late 30s. Right, there you go. So maybe they just had to figure that out then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's true. And, and to be fair, he does definitely fuck it up. But he doesn't fuck it up in the way you'd think. He puts the sand down, he gets the idol off, and you're like, oh, cool. Then the platform starts sinking down, implying that there's too much weight on it. <laughs> like, he should have scooped out well, more dude, it's of the, the 30s. Sand. Like, gold heavy, sand heavier. Like, that's, that yeah. was just, like, law then. Everybody knows that. Yeah, so, all right, they, they spring the trap. The whole tomb gets fucked up immediately. Yeah, yeah. Literally, it just starts exploding, like rocks are falling down out of the ceiling. They have to, like, run across a gap. This guy uses Indiana Jones' whip to get across the gap, the one guy he was with, and then is like, oh, lol, goodbye, Dr. Jones. Throw, throw me the idol, I'll throw you the whip. He throws in the idol, and then he just fucks off and leaves him there. LVP to that fucking idiot. What does it cost yeah. him to throw the whip back? I'm not into that. Uh, Indiana Jones climbs over the gap anyway, because he's an impossible, impossible boy. Uh, he does the first of many in this franchise, like, last minute slides under a door that's closing behind him uh that's got to be the second now, time already and, yeah and benno you can throw a counter uh you can throw one on yeah. the counter for me of times yeah. indian should have died because literally like he he makes this jump he's slipping down grabs a weed the weed pulls out holds his weight and then the door which is moving quite quickly down conveniently slows down as indiana jones slowly pulls himself up and then yeah. gets under like it's very absolutely much- he, he, Death he, counter he, is at two. Yeah, definitely at two. Um, he then like rolls through here and gets through to the photon beam trap, um, where yeah. we have his Fucking his friend just completely spiked up. Idiot! The idiot is dead. He already knew that trap was there. Like Indiana Jones found it on the way in and was like, "Oh, let's avoid this trap." And he totally got fucking iced by it anyway. So confirm LVP to that guy. But to be like, fair, to up. be fair, a remarkable amount of screen time. Um, for this character. Like, he literally just hangs out with Indiana Jones in this first bit, and, like, comparative to, like, a lot of other characters in this film, is just, like, gets a lot of time interacting with the camera and, like, almost wisecracking. And for yeah, that, that is reason, true. I wouldn't mind finding out, Benjamin, where he is now. Oh, Jesus, this is gonna be difficult, Jackson. <laughs> he doesn't even get a name. <laughs> which one? Which one is he? <laughs> okay, alright, let's see what we got here. Okay. In 1936, American archaeologist Indiana Jones braves an ancient booby trap temple in Peru and retrieves a golden idol. That's the full description on the plot synopsis, so that's... Do you think he might be Peruvian porter? Probably not. I think not. he'd probably be higher than those, like, in terms of, like... Like, do you have a cast in, order, in credits order or not? Yeah, in credits order here. We've got... All right, let me read them down. You tell me where it is. Indy, Marion, Belloc, Tote, Sala, Brody, Satipo, Satipo, Satipo. Uh, that's Alfred Molina, by the way. Um, Dietrich. Wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alf- Alfred Molina is, is uh, Satipo. Well, who is Satipo? Uh, I don't know, dude. <laughs> <laughs> he is Alfred Molina. Dude, dude, um, dude, that's Satipo. Yeah. No, as in, as in Satipo is, is our guy. No way. Dude. Oh my god, it is too. That's Alfred. <laughs> Quotes, give me the whip, throw me the idol. Sativo, played by Alfred Molina. Oh my god, dude. Doc Ark himself. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, dude. Oh, that is incredible. Well, there you go. I guess that's where he is now. (laughs) He's fucking Doc Ark. I mean, okay, to, yeah, okay, to, to be fair, if you're in Raiders of the Lost Ark, right, 
Yeah. And on your IMDb page, it doesn't list that as known for. Like, you've got other movies that you're better known yes. for than appearing in Raiders yes. of the Lost Ark. Yes, you've yes, had yes. a fucking career. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I don't think yeah. anyone on this podcast affiliated with or remotely attached to wants to suggest that Alfred Molina has not had a career. Which is very, <laughs> very specific about that. Yeah, yeah, alright, well good good for you Alfred Molina Yeah what a, what, who, who would have seen that coming? Literally no one <laughs> uh, Does have to have an LVP though, unfortunately Yeah, unfortunately, yeah uh, So Indy, a boulder falls down from the ceiling and chases Indy out of the temple And he's like, whoa, and he gets out and he gets ahead And it's okay, he escapes the boulder, so don't worry about that mm-hmm, But mm-hmm, then, mm-hmm. dude, then, then Belloc is there Belloc is apparently, we are taken to understand Indiana Jones's like Dad, no, he's nemesis. Dad. Like, yeah, he's his nemesis. Basically, dude, like uh, dude, uh, his dad is someone very specific. No, I know, I know, I know, I know. I was just throwing it out. Um, yeah, no, Belloc is a French archaeologist who is like, like cartoonish. Like, hey, num- um, number one loves Nazis. Number two has an incredibly loud laugh, which is shown here after he's mocking Indiana Jones for being like, there is nothing that you can't find that I cannot take off, like, off you afterwards. Takes yeah. the idol, because he's like convinced this tribe to like hang out with him. Um, Indy sees this him. moment and like runs. He's bailing, and then like Belloc sends this tribe after Indiana Jones. Yeah. He laughs, and, then- and his laughter echoes throughout the entire fucking jungle. It's like... And dude- he sends the tribe after him and doesn't even turn in the direction Indy ran in. Yeah. He just holds the idol in front of himself and has a good old cackle well, about it. And that's and this is actually an important a really important character note. And this is, will actually come back. Um but uh yeah, Belloc uh just like stands looking at the idol and laughing maniacally as Indy is chased all through this forest. Uh he gets up to uh the like this body Jacques? of Yeah, Jacques, like who's was it Jacques or Doc? I'm not sure. Sh- I'm going to look it up. You keep saying what happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, like, r- like, running through. He's av- avoiding these little, it's like, Jacques. poison darts. Jacques? Great. Um, Jacques. 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 J-O-C-K. Played by Fred Sorensen. Ah, Fred Sorensen. Okay. Um, and basically, he's rushing on down, screaming, like, do- uh, Jacques, start start the engine, start the engine. Um, he grabs a vine and kind of impotently, sw- like, swings himself into the water. Dude, swims he on takes out. way too long to get moving. Like, yeah. literally, he's like, start the plane, and he's still fishing. And he's yeah. just like, yeah, I can catch this fish. And then he's yeah. like, ah, oh, fuck it. And he's got a big Jimmy was. Buffett vibe, for sure. This guy is just, like, yeah. super laid back. Like, Indy, Indy didn't even tell him that, that, that he was going on, like, an archaeological expedition. He's just kind of like, dude, we're going down here. We're just going to chill out. It's going to be a great time. Yeah, um, so he's like, like thinking he's gonna be in a fucking tube, like a fucking inner tube on a lazy river, just hanging yeah. out. But like, <laughs> no, nope, he gets fucking, he gets nearly killed by a bunch of Peruvians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Indy, Indy swims out to this seaplane. Uh, Jock eventually gets it going. They're flying away. Um, Indy, they are he- flying away, narrowly avoiding spears and arrows and shit being thrown at Indy. So again, death counters up to three already. Yes. And then you could almost bump it up to four here, um, because you better believe Indiana Jones, he hate the snake. And Jock yep. very much has a snake in there. And so we see that Indiana Jones, who literally was covered in spiders inside the tomb, um, didn't bat an eyelid. He does yeah, have I mean, a huge phobia of snakes. He's weak, he's weak to snakes. He's got an allergy yeah. to snakes. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. It's tragic, but it's true. I mean, he's yeah, he's otherwise invincible. That's the thing about Indiana Jones. But he's snakes he is, is the only thing. Yeah, he's vulnerable to snakes. Is the thing. Okay, Man, so can now you imagine we're... if they ended this franchise with him being like 
like killed by like a whole pile of snakes. Like imagine that like like the last film in this Indiana Jones saga is him being killed by snakes, and like it's just like yeah, that was his one weakness was snakes. I mean, they had the opportunity to do it in this movie, and they <laughs> no, but this is the first out. one. It's pretty fucking yeah. bold, like halfway through the film to be like, yeah. he sucks with snakes. That's he gets killed by snakes. That was the whole point of the yeah. movie, was that he's a strong boy who's weak to snakes. <laughs> um, so they fly away, and then we cut right into, uh, I guess, a university where yeah. Indiana Jones he's teaching is teaching the world's thirstiest class. Oh, dude. But he's so dreamy. I do agree with these students. He's a dreamy, Oh, no, dreamy of course. Boy. He's 100% a dreamboat. But, like, one of he's... them has gone to the trouble of, which I think is <sighs> probably, like... I feel like I've seen it in other media that's, like, parodied this, but one of these girls in this class, a class predominantly filled with women, um, has gone to the trouble of writing the words love and you on either eyelid of hers, so that when she closes her eyes, presumably it reads, I love you. Um, or just which love is, you, actually. Well, yeah, but, like, it's on the eyes, right? So, like, I think, uh, I, I assume that's like part rebus. of the... Well, it's like, it's like, a, it's like a, a secret riddle for him to... Yeah. To, like, eyes? Love you. Yeah. Love you. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, okay, I'm with it. Here's what I want to know. Does the idea of Indiana Jones literally robbing tombs purely to satisfy his curiosity really hold water in 2019? <laughs> well, it sounds like, and this is where we're getting to here, is that, like, it sounds like he's kind of in it for the money. Like, he's in, to, in it for the glory, well, but, like... He's in it for getting things to museums. That's his thing. Yes. Like, he's like, I want to get in there, and I want to get these things, and I want to take them to the museum. Yes, yes, and- yes. He, he loves museums. We get a conversation, like, here where Marcus, who's a curator at a museum, comes in. You Sounds like he used to be a big uh, adventure archaeologist like Indy back in the day. Um, he yeah. tells him that Army Intel is here to speak to him. Indy's talking about like how he's going to like get the drop on Belloc because Belloc has to sell the idol in Marrakesh, etc. The other et thing about Belloc, dude, and- also also played by Alfred Molina. Oh, really? That's huge. <laughs> it's pretty big that Alfred Molina got two roles in this film, but he's that good yeah. an actor. Um, but definitely here, Indy uh, does like he's basically like I got a bunch of really cool pieces uh, from that tomb, and like Marcus looks at them and is like, yes, okay, they're pretty good. Of course, the museum will buy them, no questions asked. And at this point, I had to be like, do I have to give an LVP to Indy and Marcus for just like like very much being on that? Hey, it's not a crime if we just steal from like other civilizations. Hey, if like, it's really old, it's yeah, fair to steal. Yeah. And just, like, it definitely has changed in 2019, I think, like, watching this film now, and I'm kind of like, oh, it's kind of, it's kind of a shitty thing to do, like, in a big way. It's kind of busted, yeah. Like, he could go in there and document the idol without stealing it. But the (laughs) whole thing is, like, it's always stealing, always for profit, always for the glory of the museum. Like, it's, it's, it's pretty fucked up. Well, uh, yeah, let, let, let's just say I tentatively gave an LVP to Indian Marcus around that conversation because I was like, I'm not sure. I, yeah, spoiler alert, I definitely have an LVP for Indiana Jones later. <laughs> it's more a culmination of a body of work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it, it's a rich tapestry that Indy weaves at this film about his life yeah. decisions and his general uh, morality. The man is just a lunatic. Yeah. Like, he's yeah, just yeah. an absolute yeah, lunatic. Yeah, 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 but yeah. we're getting ahead of ourselves. So he gets called away by military intelligence as you said and they're like would you believe it we've uncovered all these weird nazi messages they're like we found this place called tannis and the dig is going great and Man, indiana jones is like fucking the- indian marcus lose their shit at hearing tannis yeah. like yeah it's, it's absurd like the nazis 
the Nazis have discovered Tannis? Yeah. yeah. And then Apparently like, the oh, Nazis dude. have whole teams of archaeologists um, <laughs> that are like investigating this idea of Tannis. And I do love the idea that this film cultivates of like archaeologists as... <laughs> Yeah, as it's, this it's, like like almost like military esque uh, unit you can use to like yeah, accumulate like grand power. Forces. Yeah, exactly. Like, like whole teams of SAS and archaeologists. Like it's wild. Yeah, it's amazing, dude. It's like in in so many movies where it's just like choose given random academic discipline, find reason that that discipline needs to like be involved in some military or like global struggle. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, like the movie's about like a crack team of ex academic. <laughs> like that movie fucking Arrival dude it's all about the like crack team of military linguists who are yeah. trying to crack the language of those aliens yeah dude yeah they, they, they love it they love that in Hollywood so there's a bit of a there's a bit of exposition here kind of lazy exposition to be fair yeah I mean it, it is kind of the plot hook for a grand adventure so maybe it's forgivable but basically like Indiana Jones and Mark just lay out like oh Tannis is the resting place of the lost Ark of the Covenant you know that classic gold thing that people used to carry around the ancient stones containing the ten commandments in rumor has it that they it literally shoots magical death rays out of it and an army that had the lost ark in front of them could never be defeated by anyone on the planet i guess hitler's looking for it and the army's like well looks like you're looking for it now bitch you better get on this plane get out there yeah and so like indy um has a lot of fun like showing off his, his big history skills um, to yeah, be fair, biblical, biblical scholarship, I actually do think is kind of cool and remakeable, and oh, I think no, it'll come up in the remake. Totally. And like, the idea of a this like map room, which is like a miniature of the city, where you have this like staff, where you like fix the head on at the right height, and then when the sun shines through the crystal in this amulet, um, then it shows you where like the treasure or like the sacred thing is kept. I was kind of like, it's a, sort of a long way around, but it is pretty dope as like a concept. Yeah, yeah. So that's, um, the, that's the thing, right? So they, yeah. they, they realize the Nazis are looking because so the Nazis have said in their like secret messages this name Abner Ravenwood, which is definitely the coolest name we've heard in the movie so far. Honestly, maybe um, in this franchise, dude. Like, maybe it's, ever. It's Ma- good. Maybe, maybe literally ever. Um, anyway, so Abner Ravenwood and Indy's like, oh, Abner Ravenwood, my old teacher. Well, if they're looking for Abner, they must be looking for the head of the Staff of Ra. Because legend has it, that thing Jackson just said, if you put the head of the Staff of Ra on the right staff and then use it at the right time of day in the right place, it'll show you where the Ark of the Covenant is buried. Yeah. So they need to find this head of the Staff of Ra, and Um, that is now Indiana Jones's job. Yeah, and so we jump from here to Indy's place where he's in a smoking jacket and Marcus, like, rocks up and is like, hey, what's up? Uh, army guys, they love the plan. We've got, like, they're sending you off. You're going to go find the Ark of the Covenant. It's all cool. Yeah. Indy is stoked. He literally says, this thing represents everything we got into archaeology for. I also definitely love that Marcus in this scene is like, by the way, dude, maybe you should, like, treat this with, like, any degree of care. Yeah. Because, like, Sensitivity, the Ark of the respect, it's, it's, anything. <laughs> it's like Ark of the Covenant kind of a big deal also Nazis hunting for it like literal Nazis and you're going there like to work for the army like this is this is probably pretty yeah. dangerous you're working for army now uh, Indy yeah. says I don't believe in magic lots of silly hocus pocus he proceeds to proclaim himself a cautious fellow as he throws a loaded gun across a room <laughs> yeah 
honestly like pointed at Marcus as he does it. It yeah. really He's flies like, you know in the face of the You know how much of a cautious fellow I am? You know how much of a cautious fellow I am? He says checking the bullets are in his gun before just haphazardly tossing it across the fucking room. So yeah, there you go. Uh, now, Indy's, where is he, on a plane? He's on his way to Nepal, I guess? Yes, 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 yes. Uh, he's, so he, he's, and- he travels by map, which is, of course, very remakeable yeah. for this franchise. He, get, he yeah, gets yeah, into yeah. a plane, he goes to sleep, uh, and then all of a sudden... Now, we're there is a mysterious a dude in the background. Yes, definitely don't boy forget about- reading Life magazine. A spooky, mysterious man. That'll be relevant later. Mm-hmm. So now we're in a bar in Nepal. It is implied, and there's a lady and a man, and they're doing a shot battle like Priscilla Queen of the Desert, and just <laughs> fucking just smashing back shots of some mystery liquor. She completely trounces him. He passes out. She takes a lot of money. And we do then... hear from we do hear from the crowd. Give him space, uh, which I love. You know how I feel about extras. Oh, yeah. uh, extras. Uh, you know, like yelling what out lines. What is she talking about? Exactly, and particularly from Lauren. Kazdan, I gotta be honest, I'm not surprised that he was like, how do I beef up this scene? A random extra is gonna yell something meaningless into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just to give it a bit of colour, you know? A bit of flavour, make it feel real. You gotta. Uh, So Indiana Jones shows up as a literal shadow on the wall, which Mm -hmm. she definitely does recognise. And before turning around to talk to Indiana Jones, she's already on his case. She's like, hey, you fucking piece of shit, I'm Marion Ravenwood, Abner Ravenwood's daughter, but you already know that because you took advantage of me as a child and yeah. he's like lol i know i did but come on wouldn't so marion yeah. like decks him in the face and then we yeah. get we get we get a very quick blow by blow of the reason why abner and uh indy who abner used to consider indy like a son the reason why yeah. they stopped like hanging out and being friends is because indy definitely had a relationship with marion ravenwood and t- Definitely, Marion said that she was a child at the time. I did go look this up. She definitely was also 15, according to the official canon. Yikes, so, yikes. The official yeah. canon. Like, they could have just, yeah, like, stepped yeah. around they could have said 16, and then, like, at least in America, where the movie was, like, made, it would have been like, oh, you know, that's our age of consent. It's very much being like, oh, no, 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 she was 15. Yeah. So just, just live in that moment, marinate in that, and I carry mean, that forward. I already gave him like a tentative LVP, but if this one's gotten yeah. bumped up, like this, like yeah, it, yeah. It, like, and the degree he says here, like, how many times do I have to say I'm sorry? And it's yeah. like, dude, more like, times, yeah, more times. Um, yeah, yeah uh, He basically is like, hey, look, I'm gonna give your dad's necklace. Or your dad's special piece of brass. I'll pay you three grand for it, and then another two grand when we get back to the states. Yeah. So the implication that she's okay. So so this okay. To be fair, this is something we should discuss because him implying that she's coming with him for whatever reason is the beginning of the fact that she's just hanging around in this movie. Yes. <laughs> because like beyond the fact that she has this head of the staff of Ra that he's trying to get his hands on, like there is no reason for her to still be involved in the ongoing story. But she just gets toted around, like, all across the world, like a fucking handbag, and entangled in so much horrifying shit. But, like, the thing I love about it is, like, Marion Ravenwood does not give a fuck, is so happy yeah. to be along for the ride, and it's just, like, literally, like, she's just, like, owning this bar in Nepal because she's like, I've literally got nothing better to do, so, like, I'm just gonna, yeah. like, so, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna have drinking competition. You know yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That, that classic fallback. 
So um, anyway, anyway, she's like, she's like, oh, Abner's dead. I know where the thing is. Come back tomorrow and I'll give it to you. And he's like, okay, cool. She then turns to him and smilingly says, see you tomorrow, Indiana Jones, which I think is the first time we actually hear his full name. Yeah. I think, also, I think see is. you tomorrow, Indiana Jones. I think that might be a relevant title pitch for I the remake. So. I yes, very good. I also definitely had Abner's dead as a title pitch because yeah. it was so blunt. Particularly when she doesn't even call her father like 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 my my, my dad's dead or something like that. She's just like, oh, Abner, he's dead. Yeah, you know your old surrogate dad and also my actual dad. He's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um huge. so Indy Indy bails and then looking kind of concerned. Um although it might just be decades of guilt, who knows? Um Maybe. and then the world's creepiest man rocks up. Oh, one I just hate him ma- so much. Major Arnold Tote, I think. Yeah, Tote. Um uh who busts on in there. He was the guy reading Life magazine on the same plane as Indiana Jones. Um, bum, bum, bum. He he gets in here and he's like, "Hey, the amulet! Like, what's up? What's happening? Give, give it to and, me now. I yeah, would like to have then, it for me, please." Yeah, and she's like, "Are you going to pay more than Indiana Jones?" And they're like, "Almost definitely." And proceed to offer her no money. Yeah, there's definitely... no discussion of money. And then he's like, "Just tell me where it is." And she's like, "No, dude, obviously not." So he pulls out a like burning hot poker from the fire ready to torture she's like okay i'll tell you and then he's like yeah sure i don't care and he's just going to torture her which i have to say i'm pretty sure this dude's meant to be a part of the gestapo that's a really shitty approach to handling intel like that's very bad like if you're so desperate to torture like that's pretty fucked but like surely you'd get the intel first and then be like and now i'm gonna be a sick fuck like yeah it's it's true i mean i guess they're trying to establish these guys as literal nazis and therefore yeah. just like the worst yeah. right I gotta I tell you dude like, like spoilers I, I hate him <laughs> yeah I hate him the film yeah, yeah. the film has given me a lot of reasons not to but I hate this guy yeah he just you know he the, he does a lot of good things like there's the whole scene where like we learn that he definitely does volunteer time at the old folks home and yeah. he like reads books yeah. to people with dementia and he like tries to keep them like you know sane and like competent and in their, in their own minds but, like, that's cool, but, like, it is hard to get past the Nazi thing. It is hard to get past a huge Nazi thing. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Like, the fact that he's an actual, real, literal Nazi. <laughs> anyway, uh, turns out Indiana Jones was just lurking in the shadows. Honestly, like, pretty concerning, actually, actually, when you think yep. about it. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, especially considering his the history, history yeah, sexual predation. It's a, yeah. it's a bad scene. Yeah, yeah so he was just kind of lurking in the shadows, and he does definitely save her, I guess? Well, uh, yeah, but- he busts in, a huge gunfight, gunfight breaks out, um, yep. a, f- a fire starts in her bar, which is great, uh-huh. um, the amulet rolls off the table into the fire. Indy starts a fire, yes. and then literally cannot stop setting shit on fire the rest of the movie. He just, like, he, like, whips shit with his whip, and then, like, it's on fire, and it spills, and Man. lights a curtain up, and do you then he think, whips up Do you think later. that's the answer from that song? Like, we didn't start the fire? Like, it was, yeah, it was Indiana, Indiana Jones, Jones dude. The whole time. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's definitely what that song is about. Uh, so, like, at this point, this so like in addition to all of the other bad Indiana Jones stuff, at this point, I'm thinking like this guy literally like brought all this on Marion and then burned yes. her bar down. Like yes. he's like he shows up, the Nazis are following him. He's like, give me the thing, and the Nazis go to torture her. He comes in, burns her bar to the ground. Sure, saves her in the process from danger that he brought into her life. Um, as it yeah. happens, uh, Major Tote uh, grabs at the amulet which is rolled to the fire. Burns his hand yeah, real player, bad, but, which is real fun. And then runs away like a stupid um, little boy. I do have here as well that during the gunfight, a barrel of uh, spirits, wine, I'm not sure, um, is shot, and Marion definitely just leans over mid-fight and just, like, grabs a whole mouthful of it. Yeah, just gets um, a nip. Dude, she fucking terrific. Love her. Fucking yeah, she loves a drink, does Marion. Yeah. Uh, also, Indiana Jones is getting his ass kicked by, like, 12 Nazis, which, yeah, I mean, I guess makes sense. Yeah. But it's that really goofy kind of violence where, like, all of the punches have the most satisfying foley behind them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it's just, like, really... I love that, like, remakeable goofy violence, for sure. Yeah, very uh, So, eventually, they scare off the Nazis. Tote burns his hand on the amulet and drops it and runs away. The bar is literally burned to the ground. Marion has nothing for some inexplicable reason. She's like, well, I know you literally just destroyed my entire life, but I'm going to follow you around now. And they take the amulet and go to Egypt. And meet yep. up with Indiana Jones's friend Sala, who is played the by best John Reese Davies. Yep, the best digger so in Egypt. Yeah, I which suppose is, which is, is terrific. Um, yeah, with good, good for him. We're there. Um, Ma- uh, Marion meets a monkey, um, and then uh, uh, Sala starts talking to Indiana Jones, uh, saying that like the Nazis have all these people, but they're all idiots except for one very clever guy, a French archaeologist called Belosh which is very funny to Indiana Jones because he's, in fact, talking about one Belloc, um, which, you know, just a bit of, like, fun linguistic translation humour. I love that. Um, and Sala yeah. here is, like uh, like Marcus, Indiana's other friend, warning him about interfering with the Ark, the, the literal Ark of the Covenant. He's just and being also like, the Nazis. Yeah, he's like, there are Nazis here, also the Ark of the Covenant, maybe, like... We chill a little bit, and Indiana Jones is just, like, laughing at the Belosh, like, mix-up still. He's just like, oh, you said his name wrong, you fucking idiot. Anyway, uh, then they're walking around the bazaar. Marion yeah. seems to have just completely forgotten why she's there, or that she's mad at Indy at all. There is, she's just hanging out. Yeah, like, we're getting like, a bit of romance music from um, John Williams. Like, also, by the way, John Williams definitely likes to reuse some of his best work, because there is a lot of Star Wars in this score. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, totally. And then we get the line as as it just hanging around, like Indy's like, "Hey, don't worry." Like the the monkey runs away from. Um, yeah, she has a monkey also. Uh, yeah, the, the monkey's just sticking around, and then he's like, "Here, have a date," and she's like, "What?" And then he's like, "It's a date. You eat him." As they walk away, get and it? I was like, "What is this? <laughs> what is this? Like Seinfeld humor that like everyone's yeah. like, like it's just." But the important takeaway here is that the monkey is actually a Nazi. Yep. Yeah, the monkey is actually a Nazi sympathizer, I guess would be a better statement. Because he definitely does run over to, like, just the most villainous imaginable looking man. He's, like, he's got, like, an eye patch and he's all beardy and, like, scowling. And the monkey starts whispering something in his ear. So the monkey is not only a Nazi sympathizer, but also a snitch. And also, the dude can definitely talk to monkeys, which is incredible. And this they, villainous, they villainous just man. they just like wove this character into like the narrative 
Like, yeah, for seemingly no like reason. This, monkey man. this guy isn't a major antagonist who has the no, ability to talk to monkeys. He barely comes up in the movie. He just can talk to monkeys. He has a snitch monkey that rolls around <laughs> looking for Indiana Jones. Oh, it also begs so the question good. why were they even looking for Indiana Jones? Yeah. Like, what was going on here? What is the plan? Like, why are there people here that are like, oh, let's, let's get a monkey. Let's send the monkey walking around the bazaar just in case Indiana Jones shows his face. And then the monkey can come tell me about it. Also, how did the monkey know who it was looking for? Yeah, like, what is actually going on here with the monkey? I do not wild. understand. But it, the, it, monkey the, the monkey thing. must must be in full knowledge. It's clearly highly intelligent. This monkey, in full knowledge, supports the Nazis, which is just yeah, like that's true. It's fucked. I up. also think. I also think the monkey must be, like, one of the producer's, like, sons or something, and that's right. how it got a role in the movie. <laughs> one, of, one of the producer's because, pets. Like, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it doesn't seem to really have... Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, it just, like, there's just a monkey that can talk to people and, like, snitch on Indiana Jones. Yeah. Uh, I was briefly on my phone, and an article popped up that says, um, This man turned blue by ingesting a potion made of colloidal, uh, colloidal silver. Overuse risks turning you blue forever, but you used to believe it could save your life. <laughs> Overuse risks turning you blue forever. <laughs> I fucking love that. Is it like a, a blue potion? Yeah. A potion that makes you blue? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Very good. Incredible. Okay, so the snitch monkey is doing its inscrutable works. Yeah, and uh, some people attack Indiana Jones in the bazaar. Indiana Jones and Marion. And Indiana yeah. Jones proceeds to just do a lot of punching. Just a lot more punching. A lot of those good meaty foley punches again. Man, they're, they're trying uh, to kidnap Marion for some reason. Yeah, and like he's yeah, punching again, again, a hundred like, goons. A, continue, a continuing theme of just, like, what the fuck is Marion to anyone in this thing? Like, why do yeah. they give a fuck about her? Like She, what she, she bails, and, like, like she runs away, and one guy's chasing her with a knife. She's just there! She grabs a pan, she, like, knocks him out, and, like, pulls him into a house and, like, runs away. She, like, hides, like... She, she goes, like, hides in a basket, and, like, the monkey comes and the over monkey and, like, betrays her. snitches on her, dude! Yeah. Snitches on her again. The monkey dimes on her to the five zero, and she gets fucking I don't know captured. I guess yeah. They're yeah, carrying they... away in a basket, and she's like, "You can't do this to me. I'm an American." Oh, I know God. it's a joke, but definitely still a title pitch. Uh, <laughs> Indiana Jones then proceeds to completely represent this way of thinking by just destroying several people's livelihoods. My God, he sees Marion running carried through away his bazaar, just like fucking knocking everything over. I'm really Pulling trying to save someone's baskets life. Baskets down out of their hands. Yeah, it's a bad scene, dude, for sure. Um, yeah, he, then comes across this big sword boy who's like gigantic of a giant like scimitar it looks like and he's like doing all these cool tricks and he just pulls out a gun in broad daylight and shoots someone so he's been like yep. punching everyone away and now he's just murdering people yep he definitely exactly, exactly. He, does, he does do his first murder um, <laughs> he, so definitely he runs around a corner to like try and get Marion and you can add one to the death counter for the way the fucking like some dude was waiting around the corner with a machine gun and just opens up on him with the machine gun somehow misses him with like a fucking entire yeah, machine gun he rattle. stops halfway and then runs back like he should have been like yeah. hit by so many bullets yeah, um, yeah. Indie, like, and then this basket is then this, and this is a troubling scene for me. The basket is then carried into his truck full of explosives. Indiana yep. then shoots out at everyone. And then the truck, like, he kills the driver with, like a, like, a headshot. The driver, like, slams, like, the acceleration, spins around, tips the truck, and then because it's full of explosives, the whole thing detonates. And Indy's just kind of yep. like, oh, fuck, Marion's dead. I, I fucked it up. Yeah. She does blow up. She blew the fuck up yes. in the back of a car. Yes. So just keep that in mind. Just keep that 
in mind. In mind. Yeah. Uh, because in, it definitely then, happened on screen. Definitely on screen. We saw like the basket he was chasing that vo- like sounds were coming out of. Definitely got blown yep. up in a truck. In a car full of explosives. Yeah. We then cut to Indiana Jones at a bar with the monkey again. That snitch monkey. Yeah. Best friends all of a sudden. Uh, Indiana Jones has worked his way through most of a bottle of whiskey. So immediately yeah, just kind of like, fuck this. I know the Nazis are after me. But like after like Marion has died, he is so upset that he's just done with archaeology, done with treasure, and he just wants to die, basically. Um, some yep. ge- some agents for the Germans, or for the Nazis, I guess, rock up yep. and are like, hey, and, um, and definitely say, we gotta take there you are men inside. They say there are men inside who want to speak to you in German. Uh, in oh. German. They don't say the in German part. But yeah. the thing that they say. <laughs> they want to speak to you inside in German. Is that okay? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, Indiana Jones is let in, looking around, can't find anyone. Like, he bumps into this random dude and is like, am I, are you here to talk to me? And that random guy just starts, like, bellowing with laughter. And then he turns around. It's Belloc, sitting down in a very, like, cool linen suit as he's, like, smoking a fucking, like, shisha. Just, like, having the best time. so, shisha, the original vape. Sitting there in his linen suit, just straight vaping. Can we... Can we just acknowledge how much big dick energy Belloc exudes throughout Dude. this movie? And this film supports it as well. Like, yeah. Like, this film, like, there's a few choice lines here which seem to suggest that Belloc has, like, a gigantic dick. Um, yeah. It also, he definitely is, and this is coming back to the whole thing earlier where he doesn't watch Indiana Jones die when chased by the tribe. Um, he definitely is doing a Batman Joker thing here because he goes on a fucking roll with some of these lines. Where he's basically, he says, I am a shadowy reflection of you. Um, yeah. And then basically oh, is yeah, like, so archaeology good. is our religion. And he's talking yep. about how it's like a tiny push. He could make Indiana Jones just like him. And that like, they're the perfect nemesis for one another. And it's like, yeah, exactly. dude, what is this fucking vibe? <laughs> Do you think Chris Nolan was watching this and just taking notes? And yeah, just like, exactly. Yes, exactly. Yes, yes, it's absolutely. So all of it. All he of then, it for me, Chris Nolan. He then definitely says the Ark of the Covenant is a transmitter. It's a radio for speaking to God. Yeah, and which then... is apropos of nothing. Like, <laughs> he's just decided that. That's yeah. not borne out in, like, any of the rest of the movie. <laughs> and, like, he doesn't even seem to believe it. Because, no. like, later, he, like, does other stuff with the Ark of the Covenant, and there's no reference to the fact no. that it's supposedly no radio. a radio for talking yeah. to God. Like, yeah, I get yeah. the impression Belloc is just there, vaping, half-turned, Indiana <laughs> Jones comes in, and he just starts rambling, just saying random shit. He also definitely, at one point, pulls out, like, a shitty cheap pocket watch and says this pocket watch is garbage but if I bury it in the desert for a thousand years it'll become priceless men will kill for it men like men you like you me. and me I know he seems to think just... both like murderous men are like, although to be fair to be yeah, fair we've seen now that Indiana we've seen Jones a bit more Indiana Jones yeah and also his general moral history I say oh, yeah, this yeah, now yeah, yeah. but I, I actually think look, Belloc and him aren't that far off I actually have written, like, I don't think the killing thing is the thing that, that that wouldn't be true about. I dispute the idea that if you bury a random pocket watch for a thousand years, it becomes priceless. <laughs> like, beyond yeah. the point of valuation. <laughs> like, just true. a random pocket watch buried in sand for a thousand years. It's just like, no, like, just... 
Like, it, it might be, like, an interesting archaeological find, but you're not going to have people killing each other over it. Man, it's like, oh, we, this random pocket watch. No, We definitely get some bloody Matthew Riley-esque, I am, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm emotionally and spiritually ready to die stuff. Yep. Uh, where Indiana Jones is kind of like, hey, I don't give a fuck. I'll kill you right now. You kill me. Whatever. Like, he's literally so depressed about Marion's death, which, like, yep. I understand the feeling from him, though, this character, it is surprising. I think Indiana Jones th- thinks Indiana Jones is a good guy. That's the Yes, thing. I think that's the, the huge thing here. He's, he's, yeah, exactly. Um, and then, luckily, the last one before a, like a, a final deathly duel, he is mobbed by the children Saved of Sauer. Belloc remarks, next time Indiana Jones, it will take more than children to save you. Which is so, yeah. just... A wild thing to say. A lot of things here. A lot of things here. So, so firstly, did Indy have a prior relationship with these children? Like, I guess they're Sala's children, but they literally just storm into the restaurant en masse and are like, Uncle Indy, come home, come home. <laughs> and like, I guess the Nazis won't shoot the kids. So, you know, props to them for that. It's a bad but scene, then- yeah. Okay, he goes back outside and there's Sala there, like, waiting at the truck with the kids. And he's like, oh, my kids totally saved your ass, didn't they? LVP to Sala for using his children as literal human shields for Indiana Jones. Like, he's literally like, children, go put your fleshy bodies between my friend and those guns so that so that he may live. Yeah, it's, <laughs> like, it's fucking wild, dude. So um, they, they go home, they're being followed by that one-eyed fuck who, like, if I'm not mistaken... Like, this is the last time we see him in the movie. Yes. This this one-eyed fucker. Because of the guilt he feels. Basically, um, Indy and uh, Sala are going to visit this old man um, who seemingly knows something about the markings (sighs) on the amulet. Um, Because there are markings... There's a crystal in the center of this amulet and then there's markings markings around the the side. Yes. Yeah. Um, And so they go go there to see this (laughs) guy and then they're prepping... um, uh, this like young boy uh, is like prepping these dates in this sort of like wine so or they syrup love dates. or something. They love yeah, they dates. love dates. It looks real good. Um, you eat them. We, we <laughs> you do eat them. We then see the eye patched man like poking through. He pops in, pulls out a vial of clear liquid, pours it all over the dates. Doesn't mix it in, just the ones on the top. Um, and then bails. Um, and then and then this little boy comes in and is like, that was weird, but no problem here. And then takes the yep. dates in for everyone to enjoy, uh, including yes. this monkey, the man's monkey. Um, and so they're there talking to this old guy. The old guy's kind of like, ah, the amulet says these things. Um, and yeah, because okay, so side- yeah, they realize. So the important, important note: like Sala's been like, "Oh, they must have found the amulet because they're digging. They reckon they found the Well of Souls." And he's like, "How the fuck could they do that? I've got the amulet right here." And then he's like, "Oh, I must have got to look at one side of it because it contains like descriptions of like how high the staff needs to be on the side of the amulet. And if he saw the amulet, I guess in theory he could reproduce it. As we later learn, there is actually a better reason for this to be the case, yes. which I actually kind of fucking really like. Yes, but yes. um. Yeah, it's a real that, like, he they could have supposedly figured out the height that the staff needs to be that the amulet goes on from reading except, the amulet. Yeah, except, except because they don't have it, they don't have both sides of the amulet. And the other side reads, now that you've got that height, take a foot off uh, for respect for the Lord. And so basically, yep, like, basically, um, uh, uh, Salah and Indy are just kind of like, huh. 
Belloc's staff is too long. Again, way yeah. too much big dick energy. Way big too much energy. big dick energy. And then, and then Salah just bursts into song, screaming, I am the monarch of the sea. Yes, <laughs> like, he definitely is, is Poseidon, so I guess, good. is what we're supposed to take from that. It's now, so I will good. say, twisty, turny, ancient riddles... Highly remakeable. I love it. Very, that. very remakeable, especially for this franchise. Now, Indiana Jones is celebrating the fact that Belloc's dick is too big and therefore <laughs> he can't have found the correct entry to the Well of Souls where the Ark of the Covenant is kept. There's a sentence I didn't think I was going to say. Yeah, that's uh, deeply sexual and, and I hate it. He picks up he picks up a date and throws it up in the air and he's about to eat it. Fucking solid, dude. Mr. Miyagi hands. Yeah, snatches dude. it out of the air. Turns to Indiana Jones' shocked face and says, Bad dates. Because that snitch monkey has died from eating the poison dates. And Sala noticed that just in time. So, I know I just gave him an LVP for using his children as meat shields. MVP to Sala for the fucking reaction time there. Also, definitely another death death counter for Indiana Jones here Oh yeah, yeah. I've actually lost count. I think we're at like five (laughs) or six already. (laughs) Um, So, Indiana Jones and Sala head out and they go undercover. Um, and, yep. uh, basically they're just, like, Belloc, moving around this big dig site. Belloc is kind of in trouble with the Nazis, but he's got so much big dick energy, he doesn't care. Yeah, like, The Nazis are like, care. you promised the Fuhrer you would have the, the thing by now, and he's like, I never said that, I said it looked good. I said I was digging over yeah, here, you, and the prospects like, were yeah, good. you were premature, I was the cool guy, fuck off. <laughs> he's just, like, swagging around. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they, the Indy and Sala go to the place where you're meant to use the staff because they the know room, how tall the staff yeah. is actually supposed to be. And he climbs down in, and we're getting that iconic sting. The dun, oh, dun, 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 yeah, it's dun, so good, dude. Um, so Indy so has good. a staff to the prescribed length required. Um, yeah. notab- notably shorter than Belloc's. Uh, yeah, he well, fixes the. He, he, he the definitely amulet. gets cucked by Belloc a lot in this movie. <laughs> 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 he, he he fixes the amulet to the head of the staff, and then like he's on the floor digging around. He finds some like uh, sort of markings, like hieroglyphs, and then Dude, finds the, the scene where he's like digging around in the sand is so fucking silly. Like I'm wondering, like, did, do you think they told like Harrison Ford what to do, or do you think they were just like now just dig around in the sand for a little bit and then eventually like you'll find yeah, the bit where you have to put the stuff because he's yeah, literally just wild. like brushing sand away and then he pulls out his book and like cross references something in his book and then goes back to just brushing sand and then eventually he finds like this one dimple that looks like non-distinct from yes. all of the other dimples on the floor and he's like this must be where the staff goes Sala definitely does get jumped by the Nazis but for some reason they don't do any further investigating like yeah. they don't even look in the hole they, where India is to like see what Sala was doing there. They, they just like push grab him Sala down a like, hill hey. as well. Like yeah, they, they, just they like, just hey, push him down a hill and like there. stop that. <laughs> yeah, we don't know what you're doing, but Arr! and then uh, okay, so he definitely does the the solution to the puzzle. He puts the amulet on the staff of the correct height and puts it in the seemingly nondescript dimple, and then he definitely does wait for the light and it shines and there's a big stupid shitty special effect uh, <laughs> that, that definitely does show where on the map room the actual well of souls is and it's not yes. where the Nazis are digging because the staff no, is no. too big so Indy takes them to the right place to dig uh, later that evening I suppose right like he, yes. he leaves 
But in the meantime, uh, yeah. like as he's getting out of the map room, because like the rope is gone, Salah throws down this uh, cute knit of like Nazi flags. Indy gets up uh-huh. out of the map room and is like uh, like running around trying to dodge uh, the the actual literal Nazis. Um, Salah starts like. Uh, I guess making a dis- uh, distraction so they don't realize him. He ducks into Belloc's tent, and there is Marianne uh, Ravenwood, uh, just tied up, um, somehow still alive. Yes, did, ex- did survive did an explosion. Explode. It did is explode. never addressed. No, N- never addressed. I, Not I, I think. I think. No, I think there is a line here where he says, "Oh, I must have had the wrong basket." But there and is I guess no- also there is nothing the visual. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they had the wrong basket yeah. as well. Yeah. So there is just no real reason no. for her to be alive. But yeah. MVP to Marion for somehow yeah. surviving. And so also surviving go. the psychic damage of this scene, which is Indiana Jones discovers this girl whose life he's ruined probably on two occasions already. Yeah, at least her- two. At least two. She's uh, tied up. He um, takes the gag out of her mouth and is just kind of like, so she can like speak now and is like, hey, I'm so glad you're here. They fully make out. It's a big romantic moment. And then um, he realizes that if he takes her away, they'll realize, the Nazis will realize that Indiana Jones is onto them. And so in order for him to get that treasure he wants so bad, he has to leave her here. So he ties her back up and just bails on her. You know what the weirdest thing about this scene is, though? For some reason in this scene, Marion is played by Alfred Molina. Yeah. <laughs> but honestly, like, almost indistinguishable. Like, most people oh, go into Incredible that, performance. Yeah. People that aren't, aren't as familiar with the work of Molina would be uh, would be fooled. But yeah, truly a changeling. All right, Jacuzzi, my, my wonderful, bubbly, warm-watered friend. Oh, thank you. Uh... I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna have a little fun with you here, and okay. we're gonna do a favorite thing of ours to do on this program, which is to go see what the plot keywords are for the movie Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Lost Ark. Now, the first one is Ark of the Covenant, little on the Great. nose, but I suppose yes. actually a plot keyword. <laughs> Let's see what movies are also about the Ark of the Covenant, because you better believe there are a few. Oh, really? Uh, Yep, uh, the movie Pi from 1998, a paranoid mathematician searches for a key number that will unlock the universal patterns found in nature. I guess it's also about Ark Ar- of the Covenant. Okay. Uh, the Lost Treasure of the Ninth Templar, that that tracks. Yeah. Uh, oh, the Ark Report, but it's ARK. In a bleak future where the Nareem child army has crushed nearly the entire world. Jesus Christ, what, what is going on here? Okay, we'll come back to that. Uh, also, definitely Citizen Steve. Not going to look into that one. Uh, what else is happening in these plot keywords? Oh, Melting Face. Apparently an important plot keyword. Oh, I love this, dude. So if you were going to like describe the plot of this movie, and you'd got through Ark of the Covenant and Melting Face, like you'd, you'd removed those two, do you think you might think the next thing you would say about the movie is that it has a famous opening scene? <laughs> I mean... I- like, I, I I would agree with the sentiment. I wouldn't put it that high up, though. I wouldn't say it's a... Pl- like, that's not a descriptor of the plot, having yeah. a famous Although, maybe the transition of, like, the Paramount logo to an actual mountain was so, like, genre-breaking at that time. Like, maybe we're just, like, too... Po- like, you know what I mean? It's like, uh... There's people maybe that's that have, the like- scene they're referring to, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
Okay, it's getting a little goopy down here the further oh, we go. No. We've got female tied up. We've got sex in bed. <laughs> sex I mean, in bed, hey? I mean, do we though? Yeah, th- we, we definitely don't. We definitely don't. <laughs> um, we've got apple for the teacher, which sounds like a sex thing. <laughs> like, you know... <laughs> Be like, oh yeah. Then we went with the old apple for the teacher. Man, yeah, if you yeah. look up the plot descriptor sex in bed, <laughs> the number one movie under that descriptor is a simple favor. Which I think oh, we've had wow. before on the show. As like yeah, having a people weird are plot really into that film. Yeah. Uh also Roadhouse. <laughs> Starring Patrick Swayze. <laughs> Very good. Um now one thing I want to yeah. jump to really quickly, just for like like a literal second. Um uh, just to the sex and nudity uh, section of the parents' guide for this film, just to clarify something. Um, and this is admittedly a spoiler, but uh, I'm sure will all suffice. Um, the two leads have sex. Parentheses. We see them about to in bed, and then the scene ends as they start kissing and writhering. In the morning, after the sex, we can tell the heroine is not wearing any clothing, though she is covered by the blankets. Now... We'll get to that scene a bit later on, and we can like, chat about it then. It doesn't seem like they're 100% definitely going to have sex. No. Like, it's, that's no. not the vibe you would... In fact, you no. almost say it looks definitely it's like a, a they're surprisingly not going to have sex. It's a bit of a reach, I think. I mean, yeah, the man literally passes out. Like, he yeah. literally passes out right before the thing that he's describing there with that description. Now, back in plot keywords. A plot keyword for this movie, dude? I am not shitting you. Someone has written down the plot keyword studio logo segues into film. Dude, and yes. <laughs> okay, what other films it, have done this? Dude, alright, get ready. Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> nice, I love that. 100%. The, the Mummy. The mu- Stephen King's yes. It. Okay. Uh, various Indiana Jones movies, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, dude, Harry Potter and the dude, Prisoner of Azkaban. Dude, 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 these are so many of my favorite films. Like, yeah, I, mean, I think I'm a real fucking a good sucker movie. for this. Yeah, that's, I think you might be. That's huge. Dude, the, the 2002 Scooby Doo. Oh man, <laughs> fuck yeah, dude! The Great Wall, that awesome movie with Matt Damon about the Great Wall of China. Alrighty, yeah, famously about that. <laughs> very, very good. Yeah. Uh, let's, let's keep looking through, uh, just some other ones. Uh, Evil Man. Okay, great. Uh, <laughs> li- lifting someone into the air and rounding out the pack is Monkey Corpse. So, Ooh. Monkey Corpse. Yeah. Okay. I think that's enough. I think that's a deep dive into a, IMDb's yeah. fucking um, psyche about yeah. monkey corpses. I am glad this film was like, we're going to make a monkey a Nazi supervisor, but don't worry, we will also kill We will kill the monkey. monkey. Like, it's very important that the Nazis die in this film. And so even if you're a monkey and you support the Nazis, you will still die. Yes, that's true. So we're back in Indy. He's led a crack team of midnight diggers with Salah, the best digger in Egypt, to (laughs) the right place where people are supposed to be digging to find the Well of Souls. And they definitely uncover the place and they open up the, the tomb, the Well of Souls, and there is a scary statue inside and Sala does get fucking spooked by it. Well, <laughs> which begs the question, what is it with people in this movie and statues? I know, Why I know. are statues so fucking scary? <laughs> uh, they realise that the floor in this pit is moving and that it is in fact snakes! Which yes. is the title pitch for me. Just the word snakes. Just the <laughs> word snakes It's very important caps. to note 
Because, like, they're up on, like, a, on, like, a hill, essentially, like, digging into this place. And, like, it's an all-day dig, and the way the sky moves as they start breaking into this place, like, no one comments on it, but it is fucking supernatural. Like, it is the biggest, worst omen you could imagine, and no one even yeah. bats an eyelid that, there like, literally the clouds are moving around. towards them. Like, it's wild. And there's lightning, like, crazy yes. lightning. Yeah, it's pretty fucking wild. That's true, actually. I didn't even fucking think about that. Uh, so it looks like Indy's gonna have to face his fear, which is a big pit of snakes, yeah. uh, which is kind of nice. Well, because, like, Salah doesn't have deciding... any children to throw down for him, so he's literally just kind of like, hey, Indy, yeah. you take this one. I would use my children to create a carpet of human flesh so that you can get into the temple and out without... Indy, I would sacrifice my children for you any day, please. I have so yeah. many, like, I will yeah, use them. Times. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so now we're back with Belloc and Marion. And they're sitting there and he's like, Oh, milady, thank you so much for coming yeah. into my tent and ready to discuss a wonderful evening of uh, this amazing conversation. And then this fucking weird beard goes over to his trunk and just pulls out this like elegant lacy dress and a pair of heels and is like, Go on then, put them on. And she's like, What? And he's like, Yeah, I lugged this dress out into the desert just on the off chance I ran into a young lady out here so I could make her put it on why did he bring the dress why why did he bring it what was like what are the odds not to mention like again why is she even here what is any of this to Marion what is Marion to any of these people why did they kidnap her why did they bring her out here how did she fall into Belloc's hands why is she even involved? Yes. So, anyway. and at this at this point, the Nazis have decided that it's worth uh, questioning her for information because she is Abner's daughter and that sort of thing. But that's pretty fucking tenuous for everything that's happened to well, her so it, far. I mean, like that, she literally that... exploded at one point. Like, yeah. I mean, that thing that you're talking about, them questioning her for information, does not occur. <laughs> it does not occur. No, in the movie. Th- they definitely talk about it, but they never do. And to be fair, yeah. Marion fucking rolls with the punches. Like this dude's like put yep. on this dress, and then she's like, "Oh, this is going to be a convenient thing to do." Fuck yeah! She puts on the dress, gets changed. He's a, like a real creepy boy about it. Um, and then she comes back and she places her old clothes over a knife. Um, so she's like scored herself a weapon, and so Marion is just like fucking like adapting to every situation thrown at her so now we're back in the well of souls and indiana jones he's fallen in he's surrounded by snakes and it seems his plan to deal with the snakes is to pump gasoline all over them and set them on fire i mean pretty good plan to be honest dude he's a lunatic he cannot (laughs) stop setting things on fire and the fact that he's just like some snakes cool I mean, to be fair, they are—they uh, are, according to Salah, uh, deadly asps. And like, if I encountered a room full of snakes and I had gasoline and like flames at my disposal, I think I'd be like, if I need to get through here, maybe I'm gonna burn some snakes. I, I think I think I can. This is one of the only times where he causes things to catch a light that I'm like, I can maybe see your reasoning here. It's just to me, it's just like, okay, you're afraid of snakes. How do you feel about burning snakes that yes. are still definitely going to be alive for a little while? in a room full of flame that you have to stand in. He's standing, surrounded by a wall of burning snakes. Plus one to the death counter. He just should have died in the torrent of flaming snakes. 
hundred percent. I also want to throw just like real quickly, uh, uh, back to, uh, Marion. Um, I actually wanted to throw her a sweet MVP just for like rolling with those punches. And then also like, she also gets the guard that's in the room with him, like dismissed because like she pulls out a bottle of, uh, a bottle of some sort of like liquor. Um, and then it's just kind of like, we didn't need a chaperone. And so like Belloc thinking with his no doubt gigantic dick is just kind of like, yep, get out of here. Just one-on-one. So you know what? Like MVP to you. Yeah, fair enough. So in the in the in the fucking tomb, we reveal that Indy and Sala are two of the world's strongest men. They are fucking jacked beyond belief because they pick up a must be thousands of kilos slab of stone and throw yes. it down a staircase like it's not shit. Uh, and yeah, they found the Ark of the Covenant. You better believe they have. And they're like thinking about how to get it out of there. They're like, fuck yeah, they pick it up. They're like really reverently carrying it across the room. And back with Marion. You were just saying she did pull out that bottle of booze and she's now making Belloc look like a fucking chump. Because if there's one thing we know about Marion, it's that she can drink like a motherfucker. (laughs) She's doing shot battles with random people in Nepal. I do do love that, like, yeah, that, like, Chekhov's drinking game sort of thing where it was like, this is actually relevant to the plot of the film. Like, you needed to watch his drinking game to, like, know know what's up. So they're going, like, shot for shot and she's, like, playing like she's really drunk, but of course she's not because she fucking has, I don't know, like, the liver of the gods. And then... (laughs) And just, like, like when he's all fucked up, she, like, picks up the knife and is like, I'm getting out of here, which is, like, nice, nice play. She is getting out of there. But you better believe Tote comes in at just the right time, which, like, to me is just, like... Like, you've done this whole thing where you've been like, okay, she's figured out this plan, Marion. She's executed this plan to perfection. Oh, literally doesn't matter. Yeah. Because Tote just happens to be there at exactly the right time. He pulls out some nunchucks and is like, all right, motherfuckers. This is so fucking good. This is so fucking good. He pulls out some nunchucks and you're like, oh, fuck, what's he going to do with those nunchucks? And then he folds them up into a portable, collapsible hanger, takes off his coat and hangs. Like, dude, prop comedy. Yeah, highly remakeable. Highly, highly has remakeable. Has to, be, has to be some prop comedy. Yes, yeah, yeah. It is worth noting as well, uh, with Tote being here, that uh, one thing we quickly jumped over is that he rocked up earlier when they were talking about needing to get information out of Marion uh, with Belloc, and then they're like, we have just the man to do it, and Tote rocks up and is like, hey, I'm in Cairo now, lifts his hand to Heil Hitler, and there is, in fact, the uh, brand yeah. of the amulet marked into his hand, Hence how they got the information uh, for the two long stuff. From when he grabbed it while it was really hard. Yeah. Which I'm actually okay, so all back- about. I think that's pretty fun. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's actually very fun. So now we're back at the boys, who must be so jacked, because this arc is literally made of gold. It must weigh thousands of kilos, and they're just picking it up and carrying it around. It's incredible. Uh, they get back to where they entered the tomb, and Sala climbs out, and then he's like, oh shit, the fuzz! And he like runs the fuck away, and leave, like, <laughs> leaves Indy down there by himself. Somehow... Sala manages to get away. Like, it's never explained, yeah. because it's literally... Sala's up there, he's like, all right, Indy, climb up. Oh, no! He disappears out of sight. Literally one second later, Belloc appears in sight. Yeah. Like, you you would have to assume Sala got captured there. Nope, he somehow got away. He must have just, like, um, thrown himself off, off this hill. Yeah. Like, just instantly in one go, like, oh, fuck, and just, like, tumble down. So, Belloc is up there, and now he's got the Ark, and he's like, I'm cucking you again, Indy. I've taken your Ark, I've taken your woman. And guess what? Indy has no fucking comeback. He literally just looks up at Belloc and is like, Ah, you... 
Yeah, yeah. Belloc you know, also dunks any... on him so good here because he throws yeah. back to his stupid thing about the pocket watch and is like, hey, yeah. maybe if I leave you down here for a thousand years, you'll be worth something. I was yeah. like, that's and that's actually just... pretty good, dude. It, and Indy just has nothing to say in response. Yeah. Like, he's just like... <laughs> just got completely wrecked. Uh, so then the Nazis come in and they're like, Hey, you know what we're sick of, Belloc? You're bullshit. So we're taking Marion and we're dropping her right down in here on top of Indy. Yeah. For no reason. Again, what is she to them? But anyway, we get some goofy physical comedy where she falls down there and she's like scrambling over Indy's back because she's like, ah, snakes, I don't want to get snaked. And then they <laughs> lock them in there in the tomb and Indy's like, here, take this. And he makes a torch out of half of her dress and then they're like waving away the snakes. And I'm just thinking at this point, like, man, what a weird way for this film to end if they just yeah. die by snakes. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh shit, he does hate snakes and he, they are his weakness. Yeah. Um, but no, like, by snakes. yeah, but relax, don't worry. And it's also worth noting here that, like, I think we're, like, this is, like, past the halfway point. Like, like we're, oh, like, way point, way 70 minutes into this film now. Um, and, yeah. More than that, I would think, but yeah. Indy figures out the way forward, which is him climbing up the big statue that spooked Salah. Um, yeah, and well, then... first thing he notices old Johnny Snake Eyes, the Egyptian oh, god we all love. Jesus. Where he sees, Johnny like, Snake Eyes god. is horrifying. He's well. I think you're. I think you're getting ahead of uh, what I'm talking about, which is he sees like a, a statue of Anubis on the wall that has that's snakes I mean. pouring out of its eyes. Yes, yes, okay, yes. Okay. That's exactly what I mean. Yeah. Is that it's a fucking statue and just like snakes being clearly pushed through the wall at a height <laughs> and like slipping down. It's yeah. so gross. So I, I did want to note at this point. You're saying yeah. He climbs up a statue. He realizes that that wall must be hollow because the snakes are getting in through it. So he has to knock this big statue over into the wall so they can get through. Blah blah blah. Stupid bullshit for a dude who is afraid of snakes. Like considering this is meant to be his one weakness, he seems remarkably unconcerned. Like he's yeah, like th- there's like a little bit of him like oh no not snakes. But like it's such a small element of the scene. Like for yeah. the most part it's just him like trying to get out of the tomb. Anyway, uh, oh I also wanted to call out here Marion's oscillatory nature of going from extremely capable to extremely useless in like literally 5 minute swings. Like yeah. she's just like oh I have to develop my own plan to get away from the Nazis to like indie within yeah. like literally 5 or 10 minutes of screen time. Anyway, he busts through the wall. Marion, again, oh she's, she's swung into one of her useless patches. Yeah, runs she gets into locked the next in room. the scariest room imaginable. Dude, she runs into the next room, hugs a random mass of cloth that is bundled up against a wall. A skeleton falls down on top of her. I guess that was the legs of the skeleton. She screams. She flails around. She falls into another room, literally full of hundreds of skeletons. Yeah. The skeletons just falling all over There are so many her. skeletons. She's They're all jangling around. One of them has a so snake moving through skeletons. its mouth. Yeah, but like, what for what purpose was this room? Dude, like, and also, like, how did she end up in it? Like, if you go watch this scene, it makes no sense. But also, like, she grabs this one skeleton. But it looks like they were, like, used as, like, puppet sort of thing, like, as a means of, like, scaring someone. Yeah, because they're this, standing up. But in this in this hidden room, like, who did this? And, like, also, like, who was like, hey, when, like, old Gerald dies, we're going to use his bones as, like, a scary puppet to keep people away from the Ark of the Covenant. Like, what the yeah. fuck? But, like, where is this secret room? Because it's not, like, a main room in the temple. It's not no. guarding the Ark. It's, like, a secret room yeah. off to the side that's just literally full of standing skeletons that Marion somehow falls into and becomes surrounded by. Anyway, gotta say, dude, 
gothic slash punk imagery, like you know, like some emo imagery yeah, from dude. like you know, yeah, hell yeah, early dude. kind of two thousand. It's a big vibe, highly remakeable. Um, so I hope it, it, indie, like some indie emo imagery. Yeah, dude, I hope indie has like the sweetest fringe, uh, like yeah, or, uh, or young indie, the Shia LaBeouf yeah. indie. Yeah, Shia LaBeouf indie, of, of course. I mean, I, I feel like he's pretty angsty, right? Anyway, um. Uh, Indy definitely does roll in, and then immediately all of the uh, skeletons just like back off. Like literally, like, he walks into the room, and now there's like so much more space, and everyone's just chilling. They escape very quickly. They get out onto a runway. Indy's like, "Oh, I'm gonna take out this guy with the plane for reasons that aren't very clear Ooh. because it doesn't seem like the plan is to fly the plane away." And so Indy's like, "The best way to stop this plane, there is like a bunch of ammunition around and that sort of thing. There's so like a bunch of and like, oh, dude." Uh, this guy loves setting things on fire. So you'd think, you know, there's a fucking oil tanker right next to it. Yeah, but you'd think right there. blowing something up would come so naturally to him. But instead, he's like, I'm going to have to punch my way through this situation. Oh, of course. So he's he just, just a punch king. Yeah. So he just walks up to like, he, he's like climbing up the plane, trying to get the to mechanic. the pilot. And then like, no, but he's trying to get to the pilot to like beat up the, the pilot. And then like a mechanic down there is like, hey man, what the fuck? And so he like starts fighting this mechanic. Yeah, he, he definitely does knock out the mechanic. And the pilot is literally just standing there watching. Like the pilot's in the cockpit of the plane, just like, oh boy, yeah. what's going on down there? Yes. That's pretty wild, isn't it? Meanwhile, the camera pans over to this caged animal of a man, man who walks out of his little tent it's it's impossible for him to know what's going on here like he doesn't know who indiana jones is he doesn't know who the like the mechanic is he just sees two people having a dust up and is like nice i want to get involved in this takes now, off his shirt fucking starts strutting his stuff this dude is literally like built of muscle tall bold but for this huge mustache and is just like yep. So I mean, and I am. Listen, I, I am. I am not a Nazi apologist at all. I'm not convinced this man is a Nazi. I think he's just a traveling man who likes to box, and for some reason, yeah. he's found himself in this camp on this night. He's walked outside he and he's like, "I'm going to punch now." Because at no point is he like yammering on about Hitler or anything. He talks a fair bit of English, and he's literally kind of like, "Come on, come on, then," and he's just like yeah. trying to beat the shit out of him. He doesn't seem to be affiliated with the Nazis because no. the pilot's not, like, helping him. No. Like, the pilot's just standing there watching as this dude comes over and starts beating the shit out of Indy. And I like, also definitely love so a powerful. villain. Yeah, he's immune to punches. Like, and that's Indiana Jones' only weapon. And he's immune to it. Like, Indiana Jones punches this guy so many times and he just doesn't even react to it. I love a villain who's immune to punches. It's yes. so remakeable. Like, and it it's actually is. It's remakeable. a thing in lots of movies. Like, the hero punches a lot of people and then he meets the guy he can't punch. It's like... It's, I mean, I, it's I just... It's a whole yeah. thing. Um, and then um, Marion gets up to, like, deal with the pilot as Indy is just taking pain from this giant dude. This giant dude that doesn't give a shit about anything that's happening around them. Um, she gets yeah. up there, uh, like, takes out the uh, pilot, gets locked into the cockpit. The plane starts, like, has, like, turned on and started, like, around, spinning around. she took the chocks out from underneath the wheels. Yes. Um, and then she hops onto the machine gun as a truck full of Nazis comes over, starts oh firing God, at everyone, shoots at so, the oil tanker, spilling petrol out everywhere. So let, let's not gloss over the fact Dude, that Marion just murdered like 12 people. Yes. She's done no killing so far, and they throw that in like it's 
absolutely nothing. Dude, she has the highest kill count in this film so far. In the movie, yeah. What has Indy done to this woman, dude? He has destroyed her life in so yeah. many ways, and now he has embroiled her in, like, a murder thing, where she's just, like, murdered a bunch of people. Like, this was the point for me where the weight of Indiana Jones's crushing sins earned him an LVP from me. Yeah. It, it's like <laughs> Stockholm Syndrome, dude. Like, literally. Yeah. Like, he's she just taken murdered her, a bunch of people. He's taken her all the way to fucking Cairo and is like, listen, like, deal with this. As like, and, like, he let her get, like, she got captured and then he left her to be captured and tortured. Like, and yeah. a, lot of, a lot of that stuff was off screen as well. Like, we didn't know what yeah. she's been through. So, whilst a lot of this is going on, Indiana Jones is just getting the tar beaten out of him by this big, big man. And then he yeah. definitely. Yes, so it's worth noting. Yes, this guy who has, like, an endless drive just to be fighting and punching at all times definitely yep. loses focus of, like, the world around him. Um, he's fighting an Indiana Jones. He's bloodlusted. Yeah, he's bloodlusted. The pe- the plane is turning. The propellers are spinning. Indiana Jones sees this after being knocked down on the ground, covers his face. The guy looks around, and he is just fucking minced by this propeller. Blood splatters yeah. on the Nazi emblem on the plane. Um, but you got to be honest, this guy, he died doing what he loved. So in some ways... It, which well, was punching. Yeah, which was punching. So, like, uh, well, and maybe being, like, caught in propellers. I don't know what his vibe was. But, like, definitely punching was a big thing for him. <laughs> maybe being caught in propellers. Um, I also wanted to note at this point that the tone of this movie has changed so dramatically. Not for long, but definitely it has. Because, like, the, the style was all goofy and fun. Like, in that bar fight scene, it was, like, really, like, you could imagine, like, a honky-tonk piano in the background. Yeah. This scene has, like, Marion committing mass murder and then also a man getting misted by a plane. So yes. it's pretty fucking... Abrupt shift. Uh, okay, so they, they regroup with Salah, and he's like, they're going to put the Ark on a truck. And Indy's, like, just so, like, just shocked by the concept of a truck. Like, he's like, <laughs> a truck? Yes. What truck? He sends Marion, he's like, uh, you go back to Cairo and alert the embassy, I guess. And she's like, what, me with no shoes in half a dress, Cairo is three weeks walk away. Okay, cool, I'll do that while you go after the truck. And yeah. Indy goes after the truck, he just, like, gets in on a car. A f- or like- yeah, like, but, like, he ends up on a horse. Like, this scene yeah, ends right. up becoming Indiana Jones riding a horse up to a truck full of Nazis and then jumping onto it, like, like leaping from horse Onto, onto the truck. There, at no into point was it, uh, was it known that he was, like, a master of horses and that sort of thing. But no, this horse no. is just, like, so cool with him being like, yeah, use me as a fucking springboard, dude. I'm into it. This scene proceeds to go on for so long, and it's so repetitive. I mean, it's cool. Like, it's kind of another iconic scene. Like, he gets in the truck. He, like, one-punch mans the Nazi out the side of the truck. Now he's <laughs> driving the truck. But there's a big convoy. There's, like, the front car with all, like, the top brass in it. And then these trucks full of Nazis. And the truck Indy has that has the Ark in it. And then, like, Nazis are jumping from the other trucks onto his truck. And he has to, like, fight them off the truck. He gets kicked out of the driver's seat. He's hanging off the front of the truck. He, like, shimmies under the truck, climbs back up through the back, throws a bunch of Nazis out, he gets back in the driver's seat, he gets shot, he kicks another dude out the window, there's a whole bunch of Wilhelm screams, it's just like a big, like, ridiculous, lunatic action sequence that's pretty cool, but they, they really milk it, like, it goes on for probably, they like, five it. or six minutes of screen time, <laughs> dude, and it just it gets... So much. 
it gets really repetitive. It's like the same shit. Like he's in the driver's seat. Someone comes to attack him. Something wacky happens. He gets back in the driver's seat. Like eventually he runs all the Nazis off the road. He's single-handedly dispatched with like 30 Nazis and four cars. And then he drives away in the truck with the Ark in the back of it. Yeah, it's a, it's a, oh dude, yeah, by the way. He proceeds to drive that truck into, like, a garage in Cairo. Oh, it's uh, so Where good. immediately so a bunch good. of villagers, like, they close down the, the fucking garage that he's in, and they immediately set up stalls in front of it. And then they all just, like, pick up handfuls of, like, lemons and fruit and just start screaming to, like, cover where he's hiding. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. And, like, the nut- Triumphant Lemon Villagers. That's yeah. a good band name. <laughs> yeah, it's a very good band name. Like, literally, like, the Nazis roll on in, they, like, speed, like, they literally, like, do a sweet donut around around this water feature they get handed a melon and then like one of like the lieutenants the nazi lieutenants throws the melon they speed off and then everyone in the town immediately cheers for indiana jones and their they love him nazis they They love him so so much and they love indiana jones they just it's both things so then indiana jones regroups with sala and fucking marion again how did she get there she Who deserves knows? so much props Who for knows? that anyway sala has arranged them passage on a ship we meet the captain of the boat what is the purpose of this interaction sala's talking to the captain and he's like indiana jones is my best friend in the world i'd yeah, sacrifice my, my children family. for him every day <laughs> please take care of him and it, the captain's is- like nice to meet you indiana jones your reputation precedes you. Goodbye. And then no, he, he spits. No, and then he what, he away. Sa- what he says is like, "You look exactly as I pictured," and then laughs because, good God, yep. Indiana Jones looks rough. Like literally, this dude yep. got shot on the arm, had the shit beaten out of him so much. Like it's it's actually very funny because they're heading onto this boat, and Indiana Jones looks like he's got about ten percent left. Like he is yeah. fucked. So Marion proceeds to kiss Sala on the mouth, a married man, and then he bursts into song and is just so, so happy with the fact that he got kissed by Marion oh on the mouth. God, and then he walks away and exits the movie forever. In song, in song. Like, he, he, Sal- dances, he literally dances out of frame and out of the movie. <laughs> I just, I love so much just like like Salo's whole vibe like like and multiple times in the film he just breaks out into this like tremendous song and like it's it's so good it's quite powerful there's a little bit of physical comedy now Indy Indy and Marion are on the boat they're hanging out she's like tending to his wounds he's examining his jaw in the mirror she's on the other side of the mirror looking at her dress I guess and she like tries to flip up the mirror and smacks Indiana Jones in the face with the mirror so in case you were wondering, worried that the little goofy fun was gone it's back yeah, baby don't worry she touches him and he's like oh it hurts and she's like well where doesn't it hurt he starts pointing to places she starts kissing him there and then like they have a big smooch and then and then famously like they go to like keep making out he's instantly asleep and then she's like he literally passes out yeah he passes out we wake up the next day and then oh dude don't forget about the fact that whilst they're asleep dude rat hate arc because down in the hold of the ship where the arc of the covenant is being kept we see a rat writhing in pain just, just from proximity so fucked up proximity um, to the Ark and then the Ark also hates Nazi insignia as well because it all catches on yeah, fire that's true and so like, rat hate all, Ark all, Ark yeah. hate Nazi uh, yeah uh, everyone hates Nazis but rats hate Ark it's, it's, a, it's a tangled web of like uh, spite and hate yeah. in this film Indy hates Snake Snake hate Rat Rat hate Ark Ark hate Nazi Nazi hate Indy 
Yes, that's the that's the pyramid we've got so far. That's the great chain of being. Yes, the great the greatest chain of being. Next scene, we have uh, Marianne naked in bed. Indy's getting up because the engines have stopped and is rolling away. I kind of wonder if this is a few days later, um, because Indiana yeah, Jones not, looks yeah. much healthier. Um, and I guess it, it makes a good sense. Sleep. Yeah, well, I mean, Jesus. Um, and I guess seemingly they also had sex because that's why Marion is naked under the covers. I suppose I don't know. There's Nazis. They're there, and they're like, "We've got it. We've done it. We've got the Ark." And also we're going to take Marion. And Again. then the boat captain tries to make a play where he's like, don't take Marion, leave her. And also she's ours now. Let's, let's not gloss over how this is delivered because this is important. The Nazis ride the boat, they get the Ark. They're like, where's Jones? Katanga the captain turns to them and says, Jones is dead. I killed him. The camera then proceeds to pan to Indiana Jones, like hiding in a foghorn, like immediately. So I've, I've got yeah. Jones is dead. I killed him. Camera pans to Jones in brackets as a title pitch. I think yes, that's probably like that. the best description of this movie because that is so frequent. People are like, Jones, we finally got you. End of the line for you, Jones. And then like <laughs> no one ever shoots him or actually finishes him off. They just like leave him to die and he just keeps escaping every single yes. time jones is dead i killed him camera pans to jones i'm calling it that's that's my favorite one um but yeah of course the nazis decide that marion is important so they take her with them and yes. belloc is like she's actually for me and it doesn't matter so she goes yeah. with them again katanga katanga is then like find indiana jones his men are like we can't find him we've looked everywhere and then like i guess the first mate maybe is like wait look and Indiana Jones has swum out from the boat onto a fucking submarine where he promptly salutes the band of pirates. A, a U-boat, yeah. He salutes yep. the pirates and they salute him back and everyone's cheering Dude, for Indiana they love Jones. Him. Everyone they love loves him. this guy. Yeah. Everyone loves this guy except for those damn Nazis. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, inside the U-boat, there is, assumedly, like, a German, like, submariner who's just playing with a compass, and the camera definitely does spend a little bit of time with him, just, like, walking a compass across a map, which is, like, not what a compass is for. He's just, like, walking it across a map, so I love that. Uh, Indy sneaks aboard the U-boat, uh, he hides there, they get to, I guess, the secret Nazi island, uh, and he sneaks off the boat, we see, like, Belloc is hanging out with that Nazi guy, and he's like, we must prepare the, the Ark to be opened, and the Nazi guy's like, I am uncomfortable with this Jewish ritual, oh, <laughs> do we need dude. to do it? It's, <laughs> it's fucking yeah, ridiculous. It's so and much. Belloc rations, he's like, rationalizes, he's like, do you really want to open this thing in front of the Fuhrer for the first time, not knowing if the actual fucking Ten Commandments are in there, we have to open it, we have to do the test. And so the other guy's like, okay, people do it for you, Bella. <laughs> and then they're like, planning to... T- Dude, why did I wait this long to bust out my German accent? I don't know. Why did I, I wait this I long wish, in the movie? I wish it had been <sighs> earlier, dude. We're going to have to go back and retake <laughs> everything, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll do some I'll do some pickup. <laughs> Thank uh, you. So, okay. Uh, Indy sneaks off the boat and he like beats up a German submariner and he takes his outfit and then he pretends he's one of them. And yeah. then, then they're Belloc like, and they're the like heading to like the ritual place. Um, Indy's like following them. He peels off, gets an RPG, and then he's just like, Somehow. Hey, I've got an RPG. Okay. I'm going to blow everything up. He stands up on the ridge and he's making a bluff, basically. He's like, give me Marion and let me go, or I'm going to fucking blow up the Ark of the Covenant and then we all lose. Belloc's big dick energy comes out in full force here, where he just calls Indy's bluff. He's just like, go on then, dude. 
blow it up. Do there it. Is Everybody a, out of the way. Yeah. And so this is all happening. It's a tense standoff. And there is a moment that's like not so much within the film, but certainly for me watching it. At uh, an hour 42 and 30 seconds, the actor playing Belloc 100% eats a fly. You can watch a fly yep. come land on his face, and he definitely eats it midline and continues like a champ. And it is so yeah, fucking horrifying. Oh yeah, my god. I definitely. <laughs> I, I'm watching, I was watching this in your house with Saint, and she was like, Did he just eat a fly? <laughs> he eats a fly. Is. <laughs> Because it's a close-up as well, and you literally see this fly just go into his mouth, and he doesn't bat a fucking eyelid. Like, powerful, 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 powerful. Big dick energy, dude. I'm telling you. He does not give a fuck. And I mean, that is the energy which convinces Indy. I mean, it's like partly that. Like, it's definitely him being like, archaeology's our religion, remember? You wouldn't blow up this arc. And he's like, fuck, I wouldn't. Even for Marion. And so... That's why it's called archaeology. It's all uh, about this thing. That's why it's called that. Why would you blow it up? We're going to have to change the name of our profession. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If If you blow it up... We can't be um, archaeologists anymore. And so he instantly surrenders and is instantly grabbed by a bunch of Nazis. They he instantly cucked. Yeah, instantly cucked. <laughs> they tie them up on this like almost like weather vane sort of thing, like yep, on okay. the other side of the Another valley. question. Why is Marion now tied up with Indy? She was travelling with Belloc as his companion. Now Indy's tied up while they're doing the ritual, so Marion just gets tied up as well. Okay, fine. Yes. I thought she was kind of with you. Okay, whatever. Don't worry about it. They have these um, big, Belloc- giant, old-school old, old school cameras. Um, the Nazis are making a real show of it. Belloc is dressed up in some, Has like, definitely absurd... Changed. Yeah, like, he's, he's oh, very much Caligula attire. Yes. Oh, it's amazing. Um, he's holding a big he, staff. Yeah. yeah, dude. Yeah, he is. Belloc's big staff. You know it, baby. Yeah, he's chanting in either, like, Yiddish or Hebrew, it seems. But basically, it's something that relates directly to this uh, Jewish yep. ritual as coined by the Nazis. Um, which is a strange yes. sentence to say. Um, but it, the yes. tablets have seemingly turned uh, to dust. Um and, and then, uh, and then uh, Major Arnold Tote just starts laughing maniacally. And I'm like, how did yep. this guy make it so far up the Gestapo to be able to be like, yep. <laughs> when like the Nazis fail? It's, it's absurd. Yep. And then a bunch of literal ghosts come out and kill everyone there. Yes. You get Belloc yelling out, it's what beautiful, um, this weird fire comes down, and then Belloc starts shooting lightning out of his eyes, and everyone dies. But Benjamin, what I have here- A bunch here, of literal ghosts, a bunch of literal ghosts. ghosts come out and kill everyone in the room, or but everyone Benjamin, standing around watching. Now, there are people that actually put a lot more effort into these recaps than we do. So I'm going to jump back to the parents' guide, uh, into violence and gore. Yes. The end scene is frightening and fairly graphic. A man's face melts completely on screen with blood, and weird white stuff melts off of his face. With Another blood? Man's, yeah. Oh no. Another man's face And implodes. weird white stuff? Its lobes are torn from the ear, its tongue crumbles to blood, which I love, uh, and, yeah, well, and his Crumbles eye- to blood <laughs> as a description is not something I have heard not. before. No, no, no. His you know eyeball- how it crumbles to blood? <laughs> 
<laughs> his eyeballs roll back into his skull. Another man's head completely explodes on screen. Although yeah, somewhat, yeah, okay, so although, although somewhat mitigated by fire in the background, in the foreground. Belloc's head does literally explode. Like a bunch of ghosts and death rays shoot out of the arc, and Belloc's head literally explodes. But Indy and Marion survive because they don't look. They keep their eyes closed. It's bird box, I guess. If you don't yes. look, you're okay. Ah, How's that? Series? There's another. Yeah, it's like very good. There's another take on this scene though, which is we see ghosts flying around in the air. A female ghost with a very pretty face flies up on center screen. Oh! Then okay. on center screen, in an instant, she and all of the other beautiful ghosts turn into very Does scary creatures. Yes, symbolizing death and oh. brutally kill all of the bad guys. A man's head explodes. A man's wow. face melts. Da 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 da. Um, it's so on and so forth. Beautiful another, ghosts, yeah. though. That's important yes, to Yes, beautiful, beautiful ghosts. Literally a deus ex machina moment. Like, God has come out of this <laughs> thing and just killed all the Nazis. Like, quite literally, like, God just kills them all, right? And just, yes. like, saves the day. And, like, leaves Indian Marion alive, and Indian Marion, like, escape, and they've done it because God saved them, right? Yes. So, like, now we're back in the States, I guess, and these US intelligence guys are congratulating Indy. But, like, I can't help but note that if he had done literally nothing, the result would have been the same. Because yeah. they would have opened the Ark, and the Ark would have killed them all. Like, yeah, whether Indy true. was there or he not. Did like, Indy, Indy did literally nothing. Like, he had the Ark... He, no, well, he, he did worse than that. He found the Ark for them. And he also, like... Like, fucking brought yeah. Marion into it all. Like, he literally was responsible for all of that happening. And then, like... He didn't even save the day in the end. Like, yeah, the just closed his eyes. Saved itself. He just, like, he was like, this he is did... too much for me, and he just closed his eyes and prayed it went away. Dude, he did nothing. He did absolutely nothing of use. Anyway, he's like, where's the arc now? And they're like, this ending is very iconic. They're like, yeah. we've got top men working on it. Top men. Yes. And then the Periods music changes. Yeah, it swells and changes from, like, the just, like, generic wrap-up music to... <laughs> As we see this, like, janitor-looking man with the crate containing the Ark, like, on a hand dolly, pushing it through this impossibly huge warehouse, warehouse full of, like, identical-looking crates. So this is very, like, iconic. It's, it's been parodied a lot. Like, if you haven't seen this, you've seen something like it. Yes. Where, like, the US government has this, like, secret fucking warehouse full of, like, mystical archaeological shit. Or at least that's the that's the implication we're to yeah. draw from this. And then the music seamlessly shifts again back into the main theme and the credits roll. And just because we haven't done it, we have to give the John Williams score a remakeability point. 100%. I think that's the end of the movie. So, uh, we hope you've enjoyed this recap of Indiana Jones and the Raiders of the Crystal Ark of... I forgot what it was. Raiders of the Lost Ark? That's the one. <laughs> and I'm, as always, Ben McAllister. I'm a guy you can find on Twitter at MrBTMcAllister. Mostly I post about these podcasts and also science, because that's another thing I do. My name is Jackson Newsom. You can find me at Jackson. Uh, Ooh, actually, what is my thing again? I always Underscore. Forget. Jackson underscore. Is it Jackson, Jackson underscore? underscore yeah. At Jackson underscore Usid yeah. on Twitter. Um, yeah, basically, I don't do so much of the science stuff, but uh, I do many other Not things. Not as much. I Not mean, you, you do a bit. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got, I've got yeah, the sweet science. I'm doing a lot of boxing these yeah. days. You, you got a few experiments that you yeah. run. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like, they're, they're more long-term they're mostly, and they're black budget, so I can't talk about it. 
Yeah, it, 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 it's it's a lot of weird science. Jack, yeah. Jackson does sweet science and also weird science. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, if you want to know about that, then, well, he won't tweet about it because it is black budget, as he said. Including the boxing, but, actually. It's yeah, all black I'll, budget. I'll t- but the boxing <laughs> and the weird science experiments. I, I, I tweet about it a lot, but it's all redacted. So it's just, it's just yeah, lines. It's just on, black on bars. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey, and if you're a new listener, thanks for checking it out. Uh, stick around and listen to us recap the reboot of this franchise with Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram at Curio Network. That's the name of the podcast network that hosts this very show, the one you're listening to with your ears right now. Jacuzzi, Jacuzzi, Jacassi. Ooh, Jacassi. Ooh. Why not? Is that a new one? Yeah, why not? Let's talk about MVPs, my friend. Here's who I've got. Now, Benjamin, Benjamin, before you go into MVPs, why don't we give a moment? Because particularly in the spirit of, like, if we're, as we say, we've had a bit of a numbers bump, we've got new people listening in, and to sort of continue with that spirit, um, why don't we throw it back to the people for a second before we wrap up our own stuff and, like, bring it all to a close? And so what I'd love to do is talk through some of the reviews provided by the public on Google for Raiders of the Lost Ark and just talk you through some of their opinions and experiences. Okay, let's uh, let the the people decide. I'm with it, dude. Let's let the people decide. We're not even going to give our opinion, except for the fact that let's just get this out of the way. The LVP is obviously Indiana Jones. We can agree on that, right? I feel like we were pretty clear about that throughout the film. We're we're, going to circle around around back to it real quick, but definitely Indiana Jones is like a force for evil in every way. Yeah, who is responsible for literally everything bad that happens in this movie and does nothing to mitigate it. Yeah, so, M- MVP yeah. is probably Marianne for surviving him. I think that's probably... Or maybe the- Salah for... Yeah. Maybe Salah. Maybe although one of although those he, his willingness Again. to use children as body bags is, is yeah, definitely points true. against. That's true. Um, but yeah, okay, so... Sorry, so we, all right, we don't even need to say way around. We've done it. Let's see what the people had to say. <laughs> So you got one from uh, 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 one excitable uh, fan of the film uh, puts forward that this movie, along with others in the series, has played an instrumental role in my childhood. It gave me a sense of adventure, a downright need for adventure that stays with me every single day. That's that's really wow. Uh, so this person's waking up every morning like dun, 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 dun. That's now good. um another one that's a little less positive. I just saw the movie. It's power-packed adventures, Harrison Ford look was fabulous, but only question is climax scene, when they open, the arc fire starts, from Sky, they all dead, but how can hero saved? Um, which yep. I think, I mean, uh, that, a, lot, a lot of questions. That's a great question. Yeah. How yeah, can yeah. hero saved? Um, another more negative uh, opinion. Maybe it was a good movie in early 80s, but this era... Actor searching a supernatural gadget and fight with villains. That's it. Nothing more to say. Five out of ten. So that's pretty... Pretty... Uh, that's a good point. <laughs> Cutting review. Okay, so... Uh, seems like people are not so hot on, uh, on on a bit of whimsy and adventure. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. like, I feel like you could sum up any movie that way, right? Like, if you're going to be that reductive about it and be like, oh, you know, like, you know... Uh, Fucking, what's a good movie that's come out recently? The Matrix. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. You know, a um, recent movie, a recent good movie, The Matrix. It's just like, oh, you know, man, inside dream, inside computer, gets out, saves the world. No more to say. Five out of ten. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think the one I want to leave you on is that uh, another submission of which they think that, well, the, the submission is is as follows. I think this is most adventure of all. Um, which is definitely my vibe to this whole film. I think it's most adventure of, <laughs> most, all, uh, of all of most them. Most adventure of all. I mean, 
if you go back to it's funny actually because there was like a bit of okay so this is dipping into trivia a little bit but like people have like found recently on the internet like going back through like old high school yearbooks they actually found the high school yearbook from where Raiders of the Lost Ark went to school and oh. Raiders of the Lost Ark was voted most adventure of all most adventure in its of all. high school class I, 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 dude I definitely have to say one more uh, from a uh, uh, from Jake uh, who posted a month ago this film saved my marriage one person found this helpful do you think it was his wife Jesus Christ <laughs> that that is that Man, that reminds me of this time that, like... Saved I, my marriage! Like, I love that it's even, like, the person they're married to or someone else that saw it and was like, I'll give it a try. It worked and was like, I found this helpful. Like, the narrative's so oh good. God. Oh, my God. What you saying? That reminds, me of this time, that reminds me of this time that there was this, like, scam site that was trying to sell. Like, I was, I was a lot younger. I knew it was a scam at the time. It's just I was on the internet and I was looking at this site that was trying to sell me like anti-malware stuff. And it was like, you know, one of these fucking sites that like probably sells you malware. And like the fake generated user reviews for this fucking website, it was like, PC malware clean literally saved my life and my marriage. (laughs) (laughs) The top review. It was like the fucking, (laughs) the boldest play. Oh man, we also, have a, 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 we also have a critic review real quick from Mark Dinning from Empire. If Lucas is Raider's guts and Kazdan its head, then Spielberg is its beating heart. Which, out of oh, context, dude. sounds like the most horrifying mecha director you could possibly hey, dude, imagine. I think, I think we know who the dick is, right? It's gotta be Belloc, right? <laughs> it's gotta be it Paul is. Freeman right, as Belloc. Yeah. Let me hit you with some trivia. Alright, let, let me start you with this club banger. Most of the body blows you hear were created by hitting a pile of leather jackets with a baseball bat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck, dude. <laughs> Can you just imagine that? I'd just be like, how are we going to make these sound effects? Oh, I don't know, we got all these leather jackets. Yeah, just give, give them a wallop. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> Huge. Uh, freeze-framing during the Well of Souls scene, you notice a golden pillar with a tiny engraving of R2-D2 and C-3PO from the Star Wars saga. What? They're also on the wall behind Indy when they first approach the Ark. I think this is an ancient aliens Easter egg about how, like, right. C-3PO and R2-D2 definitely visited ancient Earth. So that's canon in Star Wars now, for what it's worth. Yeah, cool. That's such a bizarrely specific anecdote. When filming the snake scene inside the Well of Souls, a python bit first assistant director David Tomlin's hand and wouldn't let go. Tomlin calmly asked someone to grab the python, still attached to his hand, by the tail and whip it so that the snapper would send a wave up the snake's body and force it to let go. A stagehand did just that, and the python released its bite from Tomlin's hand. Tomlin got medical attention. The python itself was not injured. What? Did he just they guess just that, or did snake. he know that? Yeah, he was just like, it's not explained. He just was like, oh, I bet if you whip this python, it'll let go of my hand. And it oh did exactly god. that. Yeah, I mean, hey, Amazing. power to him. Oh my god. When Brody first goes to Indy's house to discuss the mission, Jones is dressed the way he is because he's entertaining a young woman in his bedroom. The script originally planned to show her before moving to the next scene to give Indy a more worldly oh, persona like James no, Bond. No, However, no, her no, appearance no, was no. cut. No, As Steven Spielberg girl, thought dude, that being be a playboy girl. did not fit Indy's character. Yeah, with it'll the love you, girl, yeah, you the know love it you was. Girl. You know, you know it was. You fucking know it was. That's fucking gross. 
Well, uh, hey, fucking good work Spielberg being like, I'm sorry, George. For being it's like, not, mm, that won't We're play. not doing this. Yeah, that's, not that's not going to work. <laughs> yeah. That's a rough 15 minutes for a character. Like, very much like <coughs> stealing shit, giving it to the museum, fucking a student, and then being like, hey, yep. I had a relationship with this girl when she was 15, and now she's mad at me, and her dad, like, like disowned me forever. Like, that is a rough go of it. Like, f- Jesus. The film was originally given an R rating because of the exploding head at the end. They didn't want the picture to be rated R, so they added layers of fire in front of his face to make it appear less graphic. <laughs> I mean, hey, that makes sense. Oh, dude, huge. Renowned British wrestler Pat Roach gets killed twice in the film. Once as the giant Sherpa left in the burning Nepalese bar, and once as the German mechanic chewed up by the plane's propeller. What? So there you same go. guy? Pat, Pat Roach. Yeah, same guy. Oh, fuck yeah, dude. I love that. Uh, all right, here's the one I think is going to be it, dude, just because of the way it's written. During filming in Tunisia, nearly everyone in the cast and crew got sick, except director Steven Spielberg. It's thought that he avoided illness by eating only the food he brought with him. Colon. A lot of SpaghettiOs. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no. Oh no. (laughs) Not some SpaghettiOs. A lot of SpaghettiOs. Still Interested is a production of the Curio Network and hosted by Ben McAllister and Jackson Usid. We are produced by me, Grace Chappell. Editing by Jackson Usid. Theme music is Anitra's Dance, composed by Edward Grieg. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter, at Curio Network and at SI Curio Show. We'd love to hear from you if you've got thoughts about the show, so find us on Facebook or Twitter. If you like the show, think about giving us a rate and review on iTunes, or wherever you listen. It actually is really helpful. We've got other content on Curio, such as Alternance, where I talk with people about the mementos they've kept and the stories behind them. Or How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons, where we play D&D. Seriously, it's a lot of fun. Check it all out at curionetwork.com. We'll see you in two weeks. <laughs>